Welcome to Couch Buddies. I'm Kia. I'm Michelle. And uh, and today we are talking about a movie that I just, I absolutely adored. I fell in love, like, the first time I saw it, I fell head over heels for this movie. And it's uh, My Girlfriend's Boyfriend. My Girlfriend's Boyfriend was made in 2010. It stars Alyssa Milano, Christopher Gorham, Michael Landis, Carol Kane, Tom Lank, and Beau Bridges. Had to mention all those people because I know all of those people. Yeah. Alyssa Milano, obviously, we know from like Charmed and stuff yeah, like Charmed, that. Charmed, who's the boss? Who's the boss? Like a couple of yeah. uh, like like Lifetime movies way back when. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chris Gorham was on Covert Affairs. Let me. Yes, go. <laughs> I I have been in love with Christopher Gorham for a long ass time. He this is going to sound so weird. He did an episode of uh, of the original like old school like Vegas CSI. Oh yeah, in yeah, an, yeah. In an yeah. early season, I want to say season like one or two, it was super early, and he stood out to me. Like I remember watching this episode, like who is this man? <laughs> and and then later he did a movie uh, called The Other Side of Heaven with Anne Hathaway. Oh, yeah, we've where watched he, that. Yeah, or he's a he's a Mormon missionary and he goes to uh, he goes to Tonga. That was a movie, like, I remember um, grabbing it, like, renting it somewhere, mainly because um, because Anne Hathaway, because Princess Diaries, you know, yeah. Princess Diary was, Diaries was huge, and then Princess Diaries 2 was on the way. I remember somebody's like, oh yeah, Anne Hathaway, let's get this movie, and I'm like, it's that guy. <laughs> I, I'm in. But, like, after that, like, I, I have not seen probably, like, one of the things that he's known the most for, which is Ugly Betty. I've never seen an episode yeah. of it. But I have seen Harper's Island, and I've seen Covert Affairs, and the man is magnificent, and I love him. I will watch anything that he does. Yeah, well, I mean, in Covert Affairs, he plays a blind guy, which is just... It's, and he's very believable. He, like, I haven't watched a lot of Covert Affairs, but what I've watched, yeah, it's he's, he's, like, he's really he, he good He plays a it. blind ex-army ranger, yeah. and like... Like, they get kidnapped by Somali pirates, and, like, he fucking jumps from one roof to another. Like, the man is a badass. <laughs> Augie, as well as Christopher Gorham. Yeah. But, yeah, when when I saw that this movie was on uh, was on Netflix, you know, several years ago. Yeah. Um, I remember I watched it, absolutely loved it, and then I happened to be visiting you, like, a couple of weeks later. Yeah. And you and Sierra and I were all kind of like, because Josh, oh man, that was yeah, when living with us, yeah, because yeah, because uh, Josh and Shane were off doing something, and we were just kind of sitting around figuring out what to do, and just as we do, scrolling through Netflix, and I just went that movie, that one right there. <laughs> it was like so we ended up watching it again, or like again for me, but, good for you, for me first, yeah. Which was it was it was fun because there's a twist to this movie. There is, and we'll we'll yeah. We will um, get into that, so spoiler for that. But. Yeah, Michael Landis, the only thing I really know him from, it's going to sound so stupid, he has done other stuff. Yeah. Like, he has done lots and lots of stuff. I know him as the first Jimmy Olsen yep. on Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman with Dean Cain and Terry Hatcher. For me, he was neighbor boy on the Torkelsons. Oh yeah, that's true. This is how old I am. I didn't really watch that show, but yeah. Oh man, it was appointment viewing for us. But on Lois and Clark, I feel really bad for him. Like, I've heard interviews with him. And, like, it's really not his fault what happened. They had essentially two young male characters. Michael Landy's age was too close to Dean Kane was one of the big problems. Yeah. He looks a lot like Dean Kane. Like, they have the yes. same color hair, same coloring. And then throw in the fact that they had another young, young adult male in the cast mm-hmm. that they added about halfway through the first season. 
And then the second season came, and I think they fired the showrunner and, like, shook everything up on yeah. the show. And they hired Justin Whalen to play Jimmy Olsen. Who's an adorable puppy. He's a great Jimmy Olsen. Michael Landis apparently found out, like, in a really not cool way. Like, there was a, it was a oh, lot man. of not good stuff done with it. And I feel really bad for him, like, looking back on it. But I remember watching the first season. I had seen, like, it was TNT reruns yeah. is where I saw the show. So, like, I saw, you know, much later stuff before I saw the first season. So, like, the first season starts, and you have three characters that never show up in the later seasons. You yeah. have Kat, uh, and then this boy named Jack, and this Jimmy. And I was like, mm. Jimmy's the only character who comes back, and that is not yeah. the Jimmy we know. <laughs> he doesn't get to do, He has a lot of weird stuff on his, his list because of, like, just mm-hmm. random things don't work out. Um, Carol Kane, of course, we know. We've already talked about her before. In, in The Princess, Princess Bride. Bride. She's uh, Valerie. That, she's in one of my favorite roles of hers. She's she's the grandmother in the second Adam's Family movie. Yeah. My, she's she's a brilliant comedian. Yeah. Also, like, oh, God. What is, uh, Scrooged. My God. Yeah. She is... Yep, she's amazing, and I'm sad she's only in like ten minutes of this movie. I know, but you have to include her because who she is. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, that's yeah, a absolutely. Get for this movie for and, sure. Yeah, and Bo Bridges. Good God, that man's been around. Forever. Oh yeah, he's been. I mean, he's obviously the brother of Jeff Bridges. Mm-hmm. I know Bo Bridges best from the last two seasons of Stargate SG One when he yeah. came in and took the general position. I. But he's he's I've seen him in other stuff. He's always really interesting. And he does so many different things. This is, for me, like, I want to say, like, mainly, like, I know I've seen him in, like, actual Hollywood movies. I just can't think of a single one right now, because mainly all I'm, like, what I'm remembering is, uh, like, TV movies that yeah, he would do. Yeah, some TV movies. Yeah, like, TV movies, and the, like, the one, like, the big glaring one that's standing out for me right now is that TNT, back when TNT made original movies and not yeah. series, yeah. like, he played P.T. Barnum. Oh, right. I, I yeah. remember hearing about that. I don't think I ever watched yeah. that, but yeah. The, the, uh, other thing, more recently, he's in, uh, the mountain, the, the movie with Kate, uh, Kate oh, Winslet and Idris Elba. The Mountain Between Us. Mountain Between Us, yeah. He's in that, apparently. Yeah. Like, he has just a small part, but he's in it. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, Bo. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and then finally, the last one I have to mention is Tom, Tom Lank. Lank, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Andrew. Also, his Instagram is one of the funniest things you'll ever see. He he is hilarious, and he he gets to play his comedy up in this movie. He so does. Well. I um obviously I knew him from Buffy. Yeah, that's the first um, thing I know. Him but from. but because like so much time passed between like me seeing Buffy and then rewatching it, I sort of fell in love with him again. Because of his guest appearances on the Thrilling Adventure Hour. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, because in there is one episode. <laughs> there's one episode where he plays he plays a pan, which it's like they're it's a whole thing that they're doing with like sort of the Neverland Peter Pan, but also you know Pan yeah. the goat legged people. Yeah, I've I've listened oh to this one. Oh my god. Great. Like, there, it's a running gag through the entire thing, like, how he wants to steal people's hands, and so he'll just, like, very creepily just go, hands. <laughs> like, and it's the hardest I've ever laughed, but he is so... He is so good. He is so good. And yeah, and in this, it was, like, I, I remembered David being a little bit more comedic, but it's like, he actually has, like, some very mm-hmm. nice, like... Some nice of, moments, yeah. Yeah, some nice, quiet, touching moments. But the, um... The rating, because uh, I forgot to mention that yeah. first. There is no uh, Rotten Tomatoes rating for this based on critics. 
I think the audience one is like 47 or something mm-hmm. like that. So it's, it's, but it's hard to do the audience one. Yeah. But yeah, there's no critical rating for this, but the IMDb rating, which is kind of what we go to for like audience mm-hmm. type things, is actually a 5.8 out of 10. A little lower than I thought it would be. A little higher than I thought it would be. Yeah. It's like, but considering that this is just sort of like an independent movie yeah, from, exactly. from, from a writer director that I've never heard of before. But the synopsis of this movie is, um, and I'm, I took the one from IMDb and it's good, but then I saw the one for Amazon Prime and I liked it a lot better. Okay. So I'm going with the Amazon Prime synopsis, which is, um, Jesse meets two Mr. Wrights in a day. She's faced with the choice of having to choose one, except everything is not always as it seems in this lighthearted tale of finding love twice. Yeah, and like we said, the spoilers for the end of this movie, because there's a twist. Yes. If you want to watch the movie completely, like open-faced, stop listening, go watch, come back. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. Because the first time I watched it, and actually the the only time before this, I've only watched it the one time. I really enjoy it. Just only watched it the one time. Mm -hmm. I watched it with no knowledge of of what Mm -hmm. was coming. Because I've only watched it the one time, I couldn't remember what her secret was. (laughs) Like, I thought I knew what it was. Like, I was 99% sure, and I was right. But I couldn't remember for sure. I was like... Which is funny to me because I remember, th- it's it's one of the, I don't know why, but like the the memory sticks vividly in my brain of uh, of when you and Sierra and I watched it because I was sitting over in Josh's seat. My husband has a specific chair in the house. Yes, yes. I was sitting in Josh's spot. You and like Sierra was over here, and like yeah. and you were here. And so I remember just like being able to like watch the two of you out of the corner of my <laughs> eye. Like while we're watching the movie, and and like at certain points, like because it's who you are, and like I, I don't hang out with Sierra a ton, but it seemed like th- like the two of you together, like you were trying to piece together the movie as <laughs> as it went, and like and every so often to be like, oh, I bet it's this, and like come up with some secret that she could have, yeah. and like a couple of times you guys nailed it, and I'm just like, do do do. I listen to another podcast where when the girl gets a spoiler right, her friend just goes, and I'm taking a sip of water. Yeah. <laughs> long, long drink of water. Nice. But yeah. The... So, the, so that's the synopsis of the movie. Like, the one trivia thing that I thought was funny, mm-hmm. uh, they almost cast Joel McHale in either role. Yes. And then they almost cast Justin Hartley. Yeah. Which, this was a few, this was eight years ago for us. Yeah. So that would have been, he would have been much younger. He would have been Smallville Justin Hartley. Like, just off Smallville, Justin Hartley. Or actually yeah. still doing Smallville. And, and he looks like... I was like, I, him as the Michael Landis role would have been really... I mean, it would have been great. Yeah. But Michael Landis is older, like, looks older and more mature than him. Not that I don't know if he is or not, but he looks it in a yeah. weird way. Because, like, Landis comes off as, like, an adult. Yeah. And I'm not saying that... Justin but, wasn't at the time. No, but he, but even now on This Is Us, Hartley still has a little bit of of that same sort of like, like innocence isn't the word that I want to go for, but like he has that air to him. Yeah, just like you know, like there there's something of a lost boy about him. Like but, there's like he's never quite gonna grow up. I was just like, so close your eyes and imagine. Joel McHale as Christopher Gorm's part and no. Justin Hartley as I, Troy. I cannot imagine anybody else other than Christopher Gorham in this movie. I, I, I love Joel McHale. Let me make it yeah. very clear. He would have not been... This was not a role for Joel. Like, just not. 
Like, uh, okay, I could see, not. I could see him playing Troy to maybe, like, yeah. to Christopher Gorham's Ethan. I could see that. Maybe I could see that more. I don't think they would have ever cast Joel and Justin because there's some similarities that. They yeah, there there really are. So the movie, the movie opens with the end of a romantic comedy. Yes, like it opens with with the standard end of a movie rom com chase. Yes, where you have you have Christopher Gorham's character Ethan. He's, you see, like, he's, like, running up some stairs. He's, like, hurrying through an apartment building. And, like, like the elevator's taking too long. So he runs up the stairs, down the hall. Like, starts pounding on a door. Woman answers. And he's like, oh, you know, Katie, like, where's Susie? Like, I have to see her. Oh, she's not here. And it goes through this whole thing of, oh, she's at the airport. If you hurry, you can catch her. Yeah. So start the running all over. So he jumps in a car, goes to the airport. He runs in the airport to see that her plane has already taken off. To which then he hears a voice. Can I help you? Turns around. There's girl. There's Kelly Packard from uh, <laughs> California Dreams. But anyway. Man, I'd forgotten that was her. Yeah. Um, I did too for a brief moment. Oh, man. But yeah, so. And then we realize this is his book. Yes. Carol Kane interrupts him and like, tells no, him. No, no. No, this, this is. No. This is way too formulaic. You know, you're a first time writer. Yeah. You've got The. Yeah, the the line that I have is like where where she Carol Kane is letting him down um, that that they're not going to publish his book is that it it just feels formulaic to me. This is the kind of stuff that happens in every love story, but this is not the kind of stuff that happens in real life. And he's just like, but but it is a story. But even a romance has to feel realistic. Yes. But he goes, well, but it is realistic. It's drawing from my own things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's too that's, realistic. That's like, and that's the problem. Like, uh, like our readers, you know, like this is why, like, you know, they read these kind of books. You know, women read these books and they they go see these kinds of movies because, quote, they want to see girls like them falling in love with guys who aren't like you. Yeah. And I mean, that's a, that's a pretty fair quote. Like, that's a pretty fair, yeah, true statement. Like. That's why you see Fabio on the cover of, of books. and Which is just an immediate turnoff for me. Yeah, but like Hallmark <laughs> movies, you got Luke McFarlane. Guys don't look like Luke McFarlane in our lives. Come on. They really don't. And and so you have that, that type of thing. Like, it's, I've, I've heard that said before. Like, you want just, mm-hmm. a, you want a little bit of realism. But see, like, that's why I don't have the Fifty Shades of Grey thing, because it's too unrealistic for right. me. And like... Like, Fifty Shades of Grey is a perfect example because I'm like, that's the reason fan fiction exists. Yeah. Which is yeah. what Fifty Shades was. Yeah. If you don't know that already, which most, most of you listen to this should already know that. Right. But yeah, like, it was Twilight fan fiction. Yeah. And I was like, that that's because I just, because I'm a sucker and I love it even all these years later, I just finished rereading Dom and Mars for a second oh, time. Lord. Dom, okay, Dom and Mars, it was a real person fic that, that somebody on a message board that has been defunct for like 15 years now. Man, um, don't make me feel that old. I know. It's only been like four, like like 13. Because we True. I only, well, maybe longer than that, but it only should have been like 13. No, it's about 13. It's like um, I only graduated 10 years ago. Don't make me older than no, I am. It was about 13. Um, but there was a, there was a fanfic author, like Dr. Fabs, and she wrote real person fan fiction like including it was involving Dominic Monaghan and all the cast of the Lord of the Rings yeah. and and it's you know like he meets a fan they fall in love you know all this sort of stuff like it was like what fan fiction was back then yeah and you know during that time period yeah 
And so it's still like it's good. It's like it's one hundred percent just total. Like, you replace straight. the names in that and some of the some of the events. Yeah, and that's that's just a that is a ten times better Fifty Shades. Like oh, absolutely. The smut in that is way better than the Fifty Shades smut because I've read the Fifty Shades smut and no. Yeah, the Fifty Shades smut is laughable. The the Dom Mar smut and like it's pretty hot. So yeah, but, we we come from a yeah. long tradition of that kind of thing. Yeah, but what yeah, just the the point that I was making was that you know, like fifty shade like fifty shades type of thing should have stayed fan fiction. It's like that mm-hmm. it's like but like because it's that thing of like Dom and Mars of like it's it's just one hundred percent like wish fulfillment kind of thing. Yes. Like it's incredibly well written. Yes. Like it's amazing. Well and hers I um, will say that that particular story that it was a series but yeah, it, it, a, it actually, it like, brought up, like, points that, that you had problems with in the relationship and mm-hmm. things had to be worked out. And yeah. it wasn't, like, I mean, it wasn't, how do I say this? It was most of it wasn't drama, like, except I think in, like, Fifty Shades, like, his, like, there's, like, somebody tries to kill somebody. Like, it gets, like, real I, out there. And that, I that's read not the case. The, yeah, I've read the first chapter of the first book and I couldn't handle it. I read somebody's live blog. <laughs> talking about it so that's pretty good too and they would put real lines um, in from the thing but they would also tell the plot while they were doing it but right. yeah anyway um so we kind of get where where carol came which i didn't remember until the end of the movie her name is barbara yeah barbara um you know like the point that she's trying to make is you know like women want to fall in love with a leading man like but he's you know they want him to be realistic but he's not going to be you we all want colin firth very few of us want man i'm trying to think very few of us want Steve Carell. I mean, I love Steve Carell, <laughs> but he's not the romantic lead in the movie, usually. Yeah. Usually. I know there are some out there where he is, but overall, mm-hmm. you're, you're more likely to go for the Colin Firth, the Tom Hiddleston, mm-hmm. you know, that type of guy. I went British. Sorry. Let's just tell where my head goes. It's, but is what we do. Yeah. But yeah. And so, yeah, she's got a good point. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very, yeah. it's a very apt point. Uh, but yeah, so then... He goes to a coffee, or he, he, she, he leaves dejectedly. Yeah. Goes to a cafe, mm-hmm. kind of sits down, and he's writing down his thoughts, but we're also seeing <clears throat> the girl behind the counter. Yes. Played by Alyssa Milano. Milano. Jesse. Yes. And she, her uncle Logan comes in, which is Bo, and they have a, Bo Bridges, and they have a little, little bit back and forth. Yeah, which, the, the way that I have that down in my notes is Ethan journaling and eavesdropping. Because, like, his his back is to them, so he just hears a man come in and start making very sort of... It sounds like he's picking her up it, until you it's, find out. It's like, yeah, it's like, it almost sounds like flirtatious banter until you realize the nature of the relationship, which, you know, he's saying, like, oh, well, when are you gonna come by for dinner, blah, 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 and you know, she's like, well, how about Sunday? And he's like, oh, you're gonna bring anybody? She's like, well, yeah, I thought, you know, I, I thought I'd bring, I thought I'd bring David. Well, you know, you can bring somebody beside your brother. And, and she's like, Uncle Logan. Logan. And that's yeah. what, anyway. And so, yeah, he's, he eavesdrop on that. And I was like, but they also have a conversation about how she is too guarded. Yes. She needs to leap. Mm-hmm. I wrote leap into love because <laughs> alliteration is fun. But she needs to essentially let go and... And try again because we yeah. don't. At this point, we don't know. But we find out later she's divorced and and that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, it's, and she's she's being overly cautious because of of her past, which makes mm-hmm. sense. But yeah, so so he tells her that basically, and then she comes and Gorham does, or not Gorham. Uh, Ethan doesn't realize she's moved really, right. and all of a sudden she's slapping the ticket down next to him, and he jumps really high. Yeah, 
it's, it's a meat cute. Yeah, it's. But I I love the you know she she just kind of starts teasing him about about this book, you know that he's writing in and you know and asking him basically like. You know, as of, like if if he's writing anything interesting, you know, like or you know, is it just something really perverted? And he's like, "What? No, God, no, um, no. It's just like my random thoughts that I write." She's like, day. "I know what it was because because I, yeah. I, I actually wrote down something about her <laughs> her facial expression." She's like, "Are you writing down something really deep?" And he's like, "No. Oh, so it's perverted then." Yeah, <laughs> and she gets this like grin on her face, right? That's just really adorable. And she's like, "Is it perverted or is it deep? It's only one or the other." Right. He's like, "Well, then it's deep." definitely deep she's like good because we got enough perverts in the world yeah. um but the you know she she kind of does this little dance around him of you know she kind of like walks away but then decides like no and she she comes back and um and funny you know she asks him like so do i make it in your journal um how much impact does someone have to have on your life before you immortalize them in your personal record and and i can't again i didn't get the entire thing down but basically i i love it where he's like, I don't know, just everything I do is just pretty, it's just pretty random. She's like, well, how much more random do I have to be? Yeah. And then she ends up getting him talking about the fact that he's a writer and he's given mm-hmm. up about an hour ago. Yeah. And she she encourages him not to give up. All he needs is a muse. Yeah. And she proceeds to start a story. Man walks into the coffee, to a coffee shop. Yeah. And sees an attractive girl behind the counter. And he's like, and then what happens? Oh, I don't know. You're the writer. Better. And she walks away. And he's like, well, you know what? If I need more inspiration, that's how he gets her number. Yeah. Cute. It's really cute. Yeah. But he's like so awkward and fumbly at it. It's adorable. It's, it's so cute. So then she gives him the, the number with her piece of paper, tells him her name is Jesse. Yeah. And he, and we see her go back behind the counter and then Troy enters. Well, no, I, what I love is, is she goes back behind the counter and as, and as Ethan is walking out of the diner, yeah. like she, she puts her arms down like on the countertop and then puts her head in her arms just in this sort of like, oh my gosh. Yeah, like, I can't I did it. yeah, like in a, I can't believe I did this kind of way. And you know, it, it's, it's a little bit of a thrill almost is what yeah. you can see. And, and then in walks. You know the very suave looking Michael Landis. Yeah, got that five o'clock shadow going yeah, for him. Because something you know, something we should point out is like with you know what we've seen of Ethan. You know, like he's wearing he's wearing a shirt and tie um, with jeans. It's like, but he's you know like the jacket that he's got on. It's obviously something old. Yeah, and it's more of like an army style jacket. It's not what you would wear. You know, it's like he's just come from his publishers, but like it's very sort of. Not even like business casual. It's just kind of casual. Yeah. And and then in watch Troy in you know in like a business suit, minus time, minus time. Yeah. And Troy comes in, gets his order, flirts with her. Yeah. And he, you know gives the whole line about how you know I never do this, but I feel like if I you know if I leave, I'm gonna want to have to come back and make up all this story. And- yeah. <laughs> I have the line down, you know, and really, if you gave me your phone number now, you'd really be helping me out a great deal. Yeah, and we find out he directs commercials because, like, that's how they start talking to each other. Yeah, so he's a, he's a commercial type ad. Yeah, he's person. A, he's an ad exactly. He's guy. an advertising. Um, so he gets her number, mm-hmm. and and leaves, and the next thing we really see is Ethan showing up at to pick up Jesse to pick up Jesse for a date. Mm-hmm. And that's where he meets David. And we've already seen David on TV once. <laughs> yes. Because David is the spokesperson for the brand Spry Gum. Yep. And he's terrible at it. Yeah. Because, which we find out when when Jesse and Ethan leave for their date, 
find out like why he's so terrible and yeah. it's because uh because David won the grand prize to be the Sprite spokesperson. Because they wanted a regular Joe. Yeah, and so they basically just have hours of footage of him being a complete idiot. Well, and they they kind of bullied him into some stuff yeah. so that he just gets a lifetime supply was, of Sprite gum. gum. He doesn't even get paid for this, and the commercials yeah. are on all the time. Right. And um, and, and he so, hates it. Yeah, and he he hates it, as one would. Um, and so, so Ethan and, and Jesse have a good laugh about it, you know, while they're, while they're walking to, to the restaurant where they're going to have dinner and this restaurant is packed and, you know, Ethan is apologizing. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, I didn't think, you know, this is going to be a really long wait. And Jesse says, no, never mind. I have someplace better. And cut to empty ballpark picnic. Yeah. Which is and really I love cute. It. Like they're on the infield. Yeah. Or they're in the outfield. They're in the outfield, yeah. They're in the outfield of of a ball field, and her dad used to bring her here. Mm -hmm. And and that's when you find out her father's passed away, and you kind of start getting a little... She's divorced. Yeah. Uh, You know, she thought... The the fact that... The stuff she says about her husband, they were married a little over three years, Mm -hmm. and she realized she couldn't give him what he needed. Yeah. That Um, breaks my heart. Yes, it does. In in hindsight, like, once you've seen it and you know what her... What the thing that she's keeping is, yeah. Um, and and during like I have during this conversation, um, you know, Ethan asks her, you know, was he just the wrong guy? And she says, no, I just wasn't the right girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do love I do love the line that Jesse has of you know because because she you know she's talked about being divorced, she's talked about her parents dying, and yeah. she's like basically just like and now I've killed the mood. After a little bit more conversation, you know, she she says, "So no first date regrets." And Ethan says, "Absolutely not." Yeah. Um, and I this is a li- this is a little tiny thing that I love so much. Um, they lay down they lay down on the blanket and uh-huh. are staring up at the stars, and and Ethan, you know, trying to be you know trying to be a little bit smooth, um, reaches out his like he reaches out he's going to take Jesse's hand. And she just sort of instantly kind of recoils for a second and, like, pulls her hand back like she's surprised. Um, And Ethan knocks over one of their soda cups Mm -hmm. and has to, like, fumble for it. And, like, it's just setting up sort of, like, what a, like, a clumsy sort of just, like, regular dude that he is. It's like, and that's one thing that I love about this is, like, that this movie has those sorts of little character moments mm-hmm. to show you that, you know, like, even though this is a movie and, like, there's a veneer and, like, everything is lovely, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, that, they're, that these are still, that these characters are still still real people. Yeah. Um, they go back to his apartment afterwards. Mm-hmm. And I have, she, she sees his action figure that he's like, oh, no, that's just a good luck charm. And she picks it up and she knows, well, this is a pre-Hayden Christensen, Darth Vader. So it would, it, so it's got to be Kenner. So it would be, uh, uh, it would be 1970s, maybe 1977 circa. And he's just like, that is the hottest thing a woman has ever said, said to, to me. me. <laughs> and I was just like, that's, that is brilliant. Like that. Yeah. And you get that he's a nerd boy and that's okay. Right. And we, and then, then this leads into. To the My um, Little Pony story. Yeah. Into the My Little Pony because she's telling him like, well, don't be so impressed because, you know, I do have a brother. And, uh, and, you know, he asks her, you know, well, was this, you know, these really your thing? And she's, no, like for me, it was My Little Pony, you know, like specifically one, you know, Firefly. And, you know, she was, you know, she was this color with this color mane and. 
you know, like I would have kept her, but I lost her on a on a family vacation. Yeah. And all this, you know, but like she really meant a lot to me. You know, and just pointing out like what a big deal this toy was yeah. for her. And then he goes to the restroom. Although he says little boys room, which my husband says too, and I think it's stupid. <laughs> I'm not kidding. When I was watching the movie last night, when he said that in my head, I'm like, Michelle's gonna have notes. <laughs> I, that, I didn't even write it down. I was just like, that's, I know. That, it's one of those things. My husband says that his father says it too, and I just go, Do you think you're ever gonna graduate to the big boys room? Right. You're 33. You think you're ever gonna graduate? Maybe. Um. Anyway, so then he when he comes out of the bathroom, she's reading his novel, mm-hmm. and he's really embarrassed about it and stuff like that. But and Which, kind of like as you, a writer, you would be. But the yeah. part that I love is after he takes it away, and they're just sitting on the couch. She, she, I said she makes herself comfortable. Yeah, she literally picks up his arm and wraps it around her and craw- like crawls over to him. Yeah, like she is putting herself where she wants to be. Yes, and she is exactly. showing him where she wants. Like I loved that so much. Like there's something about yeah. The fact that she's already that comfortable with him, mm-hmm. and she's not going to wait for him to make the first move. No. She sees he's kind of a doof, and she loves it. Yeah. So she's just going to do what she wants. Mm-hmm. Like, she wanted to be comforted and held right then, so she picks up his arm and does it. Like, there's no yep. awkwardness about it. You'd think there would be, but there's really not. And he just, like, wraps his arm and, like, puts his head down on her. and, and Yeah, and then, and then, like, takes her other hand, and then, you yeah. know, like, they're, they're, they're just there and comfortable. And she tells him he's a good writer, and that's it. Yeah. Like... And then she actually spends the night there because she comes home to her brother <laughs> right. making uh, making eggs. <laughs> That's one of the scenes that like I just love is like she comes in in the morning and and David's there making breakfast, and he's just like, oh oh, look at the time. Yeah. <laughs> and like then fun date, I guess. And then Troy shows up for her date. Like mm-hmm. the, the next the next real thing we really see is. Hold on. Yeah. In this conversation, like in this yeah. conversation she's having with David, David asks her, like, so is there any future with this guy? And she kind of gets really quiet. Then she goes, it depends. And that's when we yeah. see Troy arrive for their date. Yes. Not immediately. She's in different clothes, all that yeah. kind of stuff. And so they go out. Troy in, you know, con, in, not converse, in a completely opposition yeah. to uh, Ethan has the date planned out. They walk, they go to his favorite club, bar, and he's yeah. already got his favorite table reserved. There's no, they're not waiting in line. Well, like, and like the host, like the waiter, like everybody knows his name there. Yeah, like, like and he's, he's he's on a first name basis with the waiter who brings him their drinks. Like, yeah, thanks, Corey. Yeah, it's it's worked. It's he has everything worked yeah. out. He granted that he says he knows it because he comes here all the time because he works just down the street from it. Yeah, but clearly he. He had this all, like, he is a planner. He has everything planned Absolutely. out to be as suave as possible. When she almost yep. spills the drink, he just, he, like, catches he ca- it. He catches it. And fixes, and puts it back on the table, and they laugh. Yeah. And it's, a, like, he has his suave lines in there, and mm-hmm. and it's really good. And he's clearly very, um, what's the right word? Very put together. Yeah. He's, he's the type of man you want to see in this kind of movie. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, he takes her back to her door, doesn't kiss her goodnight. No. Like, does the whole lean and then just walks away. Mm-hmm. Good for him. Right. Like, leave him wanting more. Yeah. After that, we, we go back to Ethan. And I'm, this is, this stuff is one of my favorite moments in the movie. Because you, you're, you're seeing the juxtaposition of, of an Ethan date and a Troy date. Mm-hmm. Because you've got the Ethan date, he takes Jesse uh, to play mini golf. And I love this whole conversation they have. I didn't get the I didn't get the quotes down basically. 
basically it comes down to she's like you know what like i can't even remember the last time i played mini golf like what what are we doing here and he's like well you know like i had to like i had to find an activity where i could assert my dominance she's like we, like we couldn't have gone bowling and he's like mm, no that could have ended badly and then well you might have beaten me you might have beaten me and you know then and my ego masculinity my, could not take that yeah he's like so i had to pick something where like i knew i stood a chance of winning and then immediately like sends like sends this mini golf ball like careening off like several he, he like, hits it like he's on a full golf away. course yeah. i know and it is so funny and this is one thing and again, I have not seen Ugly Betty, which I know is a sitcom, but most of the stuff I've seen of Christopher Gorham, it's, you know, like, it's covert affairs in Harper's Island. Yeah. And he does not get the chance to, like, be funny, and, like, especially in a charming way. Yeah. Why, like, re-watching this movie, this scene of them, like, I, at the mini golf course, I love it so much. It did my heart so good. <laughs> And that is being crossed, like I said, with another date with Troy. Like, it goes back and forth yes. back and between the two. Troy takes her golfing. Yes. To an actual to golf an actual course. Thing. And this time she slices it instead of... Yeah. Like, so now she's terrible. Yeah. And, and it's this really cute moment. Like, I love the line. Because she's like, don't tell anyone about that. And he goes, I will not make that. I do not make promises. I have absolutely no intention of keeping. I'm old-fashioned that I'm way. I'm old-fashioned that way. That's a great... Like, I love that that's line. That's a great line. But yeah, so, so they're on a date. And, and some of the same conversations are happening yeah. because first date or like second date conversations yeah. tend to be yeah like there's similarities um basically like it starts off with her talking to ethan and and basically like what is it with every man knowing everything about star wars and you know and he's just like, like you know, how many star wars movies do we they need? need which currently in the current climate i said right. but <laughs> at that time like at that time there were only six. Yep. <laughs> now we're on our way to nine. Um, well, no, we're on our way to 12, 11. Well, I wasn't, I, I wasn't counting yeah. standalones, but... But um, yeah, so they have, they start that conversation. Right. And then it crosses into Troy going, well, how many Pride and Prejudices do we need? <laughs> like one a year, every year? By the way, yes. <laughs> so we're clear. Maybe not Pride and Prejudice, but like, give me a Jane Austen novel movie every year and I'm on board. Sure. Because we need a good persuasion movie. We haven't had one in a while. It's been a while. I, I was like, mm, that BBC one is hard to But talk. it's been a while, is all I'm saying. I know. And give me a Mansfield Park one. Yeah, it's been a while since there's been a good Mansfield I, Park. I would take a better Mansfield Park. And like, I, it's really hard for me to say I'd take a better Northanger Abbey. There's because, not a better because Northanger Because that Abbey. one we watched was so damn good. But, but just for the record... I love me some Jane Austen, and I right. would take a remake every year without anything changing except for the actors. Like, I'm fine with this. Just go get Emma. Just go get uh, uh, Emma Thompson to write the scripts, and you're done. Because I take amazing. a new Emma. Uh, well, yes, but Emma's my- <laughs> I like the Emma. This is way off topic, but I like the Emma with uh, Johnny Lee Miller. Yeah, you like the Rome Lagari. The version, yeah. yeah, the the Brit, the the British one, the BBC yeah. one. Yeah, I don't like the with Paltrow one. That's a whole other thing. But anyway, my point being, <laughs> yes, we need all those. But So they have this great conversation. They're t- What's your favorite kind of music? I like classic rock. What do you consider classic? Anything not country. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was just like, wow. Okay. But yeah. like I, but So we're getting these two. We're seeing her start getting along with both guys. Like, there's mm-hmm. a connection with both guys. Yes, absolutely. I have, you know, we... So just some of my notes, we... Um, I get sort of the uh, more parallels like the first kiss we see of her and Ethan mm-hmm. they're they're walking along um they're walking along the side like they they've stopped at the curb 
and a car comes by and like and splashes them and like and Ethan like very quickly tries to like grab her and like move her. So he she picks her up. Yeah, yeah, picks picks her up so she doesn't get wet, but like still gets wet. Yeah, and he's just like, oh, I'm like I'm just like, are you okay? And just being very. I, like I, the word comforting is not the word that I'm looking for. Being a caregiver, attentive. That's attentive, that's yeah. the word that I was looking for. Um, so like he's being very attentive, and he's just like, I am so, and like, but you can tell he's also kind of like a little bit sheepish that, that, that this thing happened, and like prove like another moment where like he's not the smooth guy that he wants to be, yeah. and it's like so that's when you know, Jesse kisses him is in yes. this moment, but then we see you know her on you know this rooftop with Troy and like this magnificent overlook and you know and yeah, he's that, arranged to get into the building after hours yes and like and it's like that's where they have their first kiss and finally we have after that it gets into another moment of her and David kind of checking like I love that you know, I love just the little check-ins with David and before that doesn't she have lunch with her or dinner with her uncle and his family oh maybe that's what I'm because thinking of. uh because I was like the uncle and Jesse, they have a conversation. Mm-hmm. She she talks about how she's dating, she's seeing some. Or uh, Bo says Bo's Bo's character uh, Logan. Logan, yeah. Logan says something about the fact. Well, David told us your love life has taken a leap, and she's like, "Well, we'll see," kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And she goes, "How did you know that Aunt So and So was the one? Mm-hmm. She inspires me." Yeah, and I I love like I was like yeah. that's that's a key moment for us. And he's like, you know, you don't have to tell everyone everything. Mm-hmm. You have to tell every person yeah, to see everything about yourself. That's what it was. I I got my yeah. I got and, my wires crossed. And so yeah, that that's a really really good scene. Yeah, that but, tells us a lot about that. There's something going on that she that's more than just right. she's dating. Two and guys. that it's you can tell like the the overarching idea like of this conversation and and I think it's like in what she says is that like you get the idea like she worries because like she's worried about being honest. Yes. And as, you know, th- there is a twist coming. Yes. And it's not what you think it's about, basically. Right. Like, you think it's because she's dating two guys, mm-hmm. essentially. But as as the movie goes on, there's... It's more. Yeah. But um, yeah, so... From this, we get my absolute favorite scene in the movie. <laughs> I mentioned it earlier, and th- but it was something that, that I was really thinking about uh, while I was watching the movie, is that in this moment, like, they're, they're at a piano bar. Mm-hmm. That just does Broadway songs. Yes, that only does Broadway songs. It's um, it you know, uh, Jesse and Ethan are are yeah. at this or uh, at this piano bar, and this scene feels so real to me. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's a very realistic scene. Absolutely. And, like, it's it's a scene where it's like, even though like I've seen enough Christopher Gorham stuff, I'm like you know like I know his tells, I know how the man acts, <laughs> but even then I'm like I'm watching it and it is just pu- like. Yeah, it feels like two. It feels like if, a couple talking. Exactly. It does and, absolutely. And if, and she basically the whole the whole conversation is is you know just like well I can't believe you've never been here. Well, because they only do musicals here. It's like you don't like musicals. He's like, no, I don't. It's like well, not even Sound of Music. Well, you lost me at Singing Nuns. <laughs> like you know, West Side Story. It's two gangs who fight each other while singing. Like, what about Greece? Everybody loves Greece. The only thing I can say about Greece is that it's not Greece too. I happen to love Greece too. Even Greece too hates that it's Greece too. Greece like, too should apologize for being. Greece yeah, that's too. what it was. I love that line. I wrote it down. It yeah, made me laugh it's so hard. I, I, it's, Have you even seen Greece too? No. no. Like nobody's seen Greece too. 
I just love how this conversation escalates from them to like from from just easygoing like easygoing date conversation to just all of a sudden like they have chosen their sides and are ready for battle. Yeah, it's great. And it is so adorable. But intermingled with this and this this is the you know it's it's not the dialogue it's the face acting we see several like adoring looks and like little smiles that kind of pass between them like while you know while this music is going and like they're just kind of looking at each other and no words are being spoken but there's a lot that's being said yeah and like and they do have a kiss there so, because I'm me. Right. I didn't recognize the song that they were singing at that point mm-hmm. in the bar. So I had to go on a research <laughs> jaunt. I did this a long time ago, but I forgot to do uh, it The song night. is called 50%. Yes. It's from a, a show called Ballroom. Okay. Which I'd never heard of. Okay. It's about a woman who's widowed and who begins going to, like, the local, like, back when the, back when, like, ballroom dancing was a craze thing. Yeah. But now it's evened out, and it's just the old folks left basically doing it. Okay. And so it's not old, but older. Yeah. And so she starts going every night dancing with this man named Al, and, like, hmm. she falls in love with him. They go home. Like, she takes him home, and they have their first kiss or whatever. Eventually, he admits to her he's married, and the marriage is, is dead, but he's never going to leave her. He flat mm-hmm. out tells her, I'm never going to leave my wife. Yeah. And she basically decides she'll take what she can get. 50%. Which is 50%. It's like, I don't, I don't iron, because the, the song starts, I don't iron, iron your shirts. I don't, don't you know, do all this stuff. Yeah. But he, he tells me he loves me and I believe him. Mm-hmm. And that's enough. Yeah. And like, so like, but there's holding with her family. Like they have an intervention with her. They <laughs> right. call her son into town. Yeah. Her son doesn't really fight with her, but everybody else is like telling her she's dishonored because her dead husband's wife shows yeah. up or dead husband's, no, dead husband's sister. She's the wife. The husband's sister shows up and is like, you're dishonoring my brother's memory by going out every night like this. You're supposed to stay as a widow kind of thing. Yeah. She decides she's going to have fun. And and it ends like with her and Al still going to the dancing mm-hmm. every night because yeah. that's worth it. I just thought that was a really like interesting, yeah. weird side. Like I was like, that's a strange song to choose there of all the songs you could choose. I mean, it's probably one that they could get cheaper. Yeah. But also, I mean, the the, the stuff they choose to actually like... The lyrics they use in the movie, the lyrics that they highlight, yeah. don't show the fifty percent part. It's no. it's just the love lines. Yeah, but it was just really interesting to me that that was the song that they went with right there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so then we get stuff with her and uh, Ter- and Troy. Yeah, this is this is the fancy like they have a root like a rooftop candlelit yeah. dinner, champagne like the whole works, and this is where Troy tells tells Jesse that he's falling for her. Yeah, and they're, they're looking at, like, constellations and stuff. The thing about Troy that's interesting, that the relationship between mm-hmm. Troy and Jesse, Jesse doesn't reveal any personal details. Mm-mm. We never see Jesse reveal any personal no. details about herself in, the, in those situations. No. That's not to say she never ever does, but mm-hmm. not that we ever see on a date. Yeah. Whereas we always see her doing that with Yes, Ethan. with... Um... Which is... Because that's the thing, though. In... In... Good, like, I don't want to drop the spoiler now, but I kind of want to drop the spoiler now because I feel like it, it relates to what we're talking about now. But, like, there's there's something about, you know, the relationship with Troy that feels not as real as the relationship with mm-hmm. Ethan. Like, not, not real, that's the wrong word. More... Not as substantive? Yeah, like, it, it's, it is the romantic of romantic relationships. Yes. This man is going out of his way to do all of these wonderful things for you, and he's wealthy and wise yeah. and kind and... And all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And so she has this 
Like, it's just interesting to me, like, that she doesn't say yeah. anything about her personal life. Because we've talked about that in other movies and, and things like that when we watch them. Yes. Like, Hallmark, you and I talked about the Hallmark movies. Like, right. Where people don't seem to exist outside, outside of, of the nature the relation- of the relationship. relationship. Yeah. yeah. And, like, it to me it was just an interesting, like, yeah. juxtaposition there. Yeah, it's... But it, for me, it was just something I'd always thought. It was like, well, like, we're seeing all of this stuff with Ethan. Like, we don't need a rehash of it with true. Troy. That's true. Yeah. Um, it was like, because then we're just adding extra time to a movie that doesn't need it. Doesn't need it. At, from that, I my line, or like, my note is David being supportive. Mm-hmm. I and, wrote Jesse and David are great siblings. Yeah. And uh, yeah, David being supportive and, and tells her, uh, you know, to just tell Ethan everything. Yeah. To which Jesse replies, you know. You know, and well, if he leaves me, then that's problem solved, right? So I'll do it next time I see him. Yeah. And then the next time she sees him, he's introducing her to his family. Yes. His sister, brother, and their three kids. Yes. And she's like, she doesn't tell him before they get there, whatever the secret is. Yeah, she te- yeah. she tells him they'll talk about it afterward. That it can wait till after his sister. And so well. they go in and, and they have a really great time. My favorite line is they're, they're barbecuing out. And the brother, <laughs> the brother te- brother-in-law says, he told me you're a vegetarian, so I got pork. Yeah. And, and, and Ethan says, pork, the other the meat. Non-meat. The other non-meat. And they just kind of look at each other like, what are you going to do? But from there we have, you know, this extended sequence of, you know, from like the moment that they walked in the door, Ethan's niece and nephew just like pretty much tackling. Yeah, because they have an itty bitty one. Not itty bitty, but they, they have like a less than toddler. Yeah. They they have and they have a baby ones. and then, yeah, two older ones. But yeah, so so we have the this, you know, sort of extended sequence of of Ethan playing around like with his uh, with his niece and nephew mm-hmm. and like and and helping to take care of the baby nephew and um, and you find and, out that he does this all the time like yeah. he constantly when that when mom and dad need a break he comes in and babysits for a couple hours yeah, yeah it's, it's basically yeah the the line his sister says is it's basically like having an on call babysitter yeah he's always there for him he's he lo- he is very close to his family yes it's like. Yeah, and, and yeah. Also for me, it's just like I just having the joy of watching Christopher Gorham like run around like an idiot with oh, children. Oh yeah, is that's entertaining. Good. Yeah. So then after after that, we get she gets a couple of looks during that. Like you don't know exactly what they're about. Oh, and at one point the, the little the, girl. Yeah, at one point the niece runs over and and says says to Jesse like, "Are you and Uncle Ethan gonna get married and have a baby?" And, and the mom and, you know, like, they're like, oh, okay, honey, like, I Bye. think it's time for you to be anywhere else right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, look, Uncle Ethan needs help. Go, yeah. Go it's like, Uncle, I, Ethan. Un- Uncle Ethan needs chasing. Why don't you go do that? Yeah. And so that part's really, like, she gets a look and they get back in the car. Yeah. And he goes, oh, yeah, I have a surprise for you. Yeah. And he gives her... Uh, the my her the My Little Pony, Pony the, the Firefly the, doll. The look on her face because he has her close her eyes. Yeah, and like he he pulls out this My Little Pony, and when he um like when she opens her, it's just the the ecstatic surprise of her reaction is just amazing. She's like, oh my god, like where where did you find her? Well, it was the strangest thing. I found her this morning on my doorstep, in a box marked eBay. <laughs> Yeah, that part is so great. And then he goes, "What were you gonna? Were you gonna tell me something?" No, no, it it, it doesn't matter. It's not important. Yeah, I. But and I, so they, she once again doesn't tell him whatever. Yeah, I like I. I also love you know because she's still just kind of flabbergasted by this. By yeah, this, she's like by this hugging surprise. it. It's so cute. Yeah, and she she tells him like this is the nicest gift that anyone has ever given me, and he just kind of laughs it off and is like, "Dear God, I hope that's not true." Yeah, and that's that's when he brings up the you know oh you said you had something to tell me. And that could wait until after my sister. It's just like, no, it's it's okay. It was really, it was nothing. 
and not today basically i'm not yeah basically basically saying like well not today and it'll keep yeah and and this is the first like where where we see her being really secretive with ethan yeah and and we all and sort of his response is sort of you know well like you can tell me anything like you know i want you to know that well i do okay well like i'll prove it i'll listen to anything you want to say right now and she's like okay thanks yeah she's like i'm not ready to go there yeah And she actually says something to Jesse about that, or Jesse says something like that about that to David. She's like, yeah. he's great. He doesn't push me. Yeah. He doesn't, like, he's not forcing me. He said, when I'm ready, I can tell him. Yeah. So that's, to me, that's great. Like, that shows you a lot about his character. Yes. So then the few times throughout this movie he does push a little, you, you're you like, okay, he's he's been waiting and waiting and waiting. Yeah. And it's, and you can tell it's not, it's not so much out of a, like, a sense of curiosity of, like, he just has to know this thing that she's keeping from him. It's that he can tell that something is weighing on her. Yeah, and he wants to and, be there for her. Yeah, it's like, so for me it always feels like he can see that she's burdened and he wants to help lift to, to yeah. ease that burden. Yeah. So then she visits Troy at work and gets introduced to everybody at the, at the, the ad agency. The ad agency. And like basically then, once again, showing off that Troy's awesome because yeah. you know everybody's coming up and talking to him and like, Oh, and you know, this company wouldn't be what it was without Troy. Well, and then she serves as his inspiration because he's stuck on an ad campaign and she helps him come up with, yeah, she with a slogan accidentally. Yeah. Like she just offhandedly says something and then the advertising light bulb goes off of yeah. his head. And then we have another dating montage where there's <laughs> right. there's lots of comparable shots. Yes, and there is the relationships. Lots of, lots of parallels yeah. where we'll have the 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 couch cuddling. You know, she'll be yeah. cuddling with Ethan and then we'll see her like cuddling on the couch with Troy. Yeah. And and then, you know, driving off in in Ethan's very dilapidated, beat up car, and then in Troy's very, you know, slick black you know, town car. Yeah. Um, There's a plant from Ethan at her door. Because earlier right. in the thing, she said she thought she'd be married to four kids by now. And yeah, I don't even have a, I house, don't have a house plant. plant. And so he's got her house plant. And then she opens the door and goes into her house and sets the plant down, walks into her bedroom, and it's covered in roses from uh, With from a Troy. note that says, I love you from Troy. Yeah. And, and so, like, there's lots of stuff like that. Like, as it goes, you see both mm-hmm. boys, both men kind of making their way. And then she walks in one day to hear yelling. <laughs> I've walked into this sound. Boys in their video games. Uh-huh. And not just boys. I'm, I, in this movie, it's just boys. But let's be honest. My husband and I have had some fun scream matches while we're playing games. But <laughs> you've been yeah. here. I, I've i witnessed Mario Kart in this house. True. But yeah, like they're playing a video game and like it's a it's a fighting game of some type. Yeah. I don't think I even saw what it was. I don't remember. But yeah, they're playing some kind of fighting game and David is killing him. Yeah. Because he, the X button doesn't work. The X button doesn't work. It's like, you knew that when you gave me this controller. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's hilarious. So then she comes in and, and kind of gets to sit down and watch her. He fits into her life. Yes. Like there's a lot Ab- of him. Absolutely. Fitting. We find out that Ethan has actually set David up with a, an attorney friend of his. Mm-hmm. Who could maybe help him get some money. Either get out of the contract or at least get paid for it. Right. Because that just makes sense. Like, he should be getting Absolutely. some type of of payment for what's happening. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah. Then they go to the grocery <laughs> store. I love it. I love it. And it's... I Like, my favorite thing about this movie is these little moments of domesticity. Yes. Which... I, I think that's something, like, that we don't really... That we haven't really seen in a lot of rom-coms. Not those we've watched, yeah. You know, because, like, you know, like, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, it's all... you know, 
it's all like you know fake glamorous this glamorous that it's um, fake domesticity it's too, fake domesticity part. it's like and i'm i'm just i've completely blanked on, on everything we've watched on every <laughs> single movie we've watched well like sweet home alabama it's like the only time that they're really in the like in like having a domestic moment together it's when she's completely like revamped his house yeah it's yeah like, there's the yeah there's, it's it's a rarity to see that and so yeah. like having these like them just the a shot of them walking through walking through a grocery store, like Ethan carrying like the hand basket and you know and Jesse like putting stuff in and then just like casually like putting her arm through Ethan's. Yeah. And They're, David is with them. Yeah, and and David's with them. Also that moment when so when people recognize David <laughs> people recognize him and, in commercials. And he he kinda gives gives uh Ethan and, and his sister a look and they're like and Ethan's like, No, he loves this. You guys take your time. And like yeah, and like and, they, they and run David off gives to... him a murder look. <laughs> and Ethan and Jesse like run off giggling. And yes. this is where we see like a like a cardboard standout yes. for like for some kind of beer or like energy drink or something like that, and it says get hammered. And she's like, you know, who comes up with these things? You know, the these advertising things. And that's when, you know, that's when Ethan tells her like, Well, I've been thinking about it. And yeah, it's something I've been considering lately. Yeah. What do you mean? And and they kind of go off into this tangent of he's thinking about quitting his writing mm-hmm. because, you know, someday he wants to have a family and writing is not paying his bills right now. So he and if he wants to take care of a family, he's gotta have a real job. Yeah. Something and that they have this, money. They have a conversation about dreams versus reality. Yeah. And she basically says, You're not giving up on this, period. It's not happening. I will not allow it. Yeah. And then she tells him, You're my Charlie Brown. Right. The the line that I have is like where where she's telling him, you know, like where they're having this conversation about dreams. And again, like this is happening like while they're back at the house, like putting, putting away, away putting away groceries. Yeah. And again, it's it's just this, the domesticity of it I love. Yeah. That's never anything you see like with her and Troy. Yep. Uh, while they're having this conversation and she is just telling him like he absolutely 100% cannot give up on writing she tells him like you shouldn't settle like you can have everything that you want out of life and this is you know through this conversation you know, like they, they have a kiss and, you know she tells him that you're my Charlie Brown and then she ends up telling him what that means she tells like the story about her family her dad and her mom but it basically means when she kisses him she feels like she's soaring mm-hmm. yeah and, and then she says the same thing to Troy. Later, the, the, like, next the, scene. The, the the context is a little bit different because you know she's telling she's telling Ethan about the context of it is that she would watch the Charlie Brown specials when she was a kid, and yeah. in one Charlie Brown kisses the little redhead girl, and suddenly he's flying. And she asks, you know, like being a little kid and confused, she asks her mom about it, and her mom tells her, you know, that's exactly how I feel. When, you know, that's exactly how I feel when I kiss your dad. So she's, you know, she's like, so obviously because I was a kid, I thought my dad had magical kissing powers or something. And I, so like I kissed him, you know, like I, I kissed him and I closed my eyes really tight and like nothing happened. And I tried it a few more times here and there, but like nothing. He's like, and then she tells Ethan and I had forgotten all about that until the first time that you kissed me. It's like when I like with you, like I feel like I'm flying. Yeah, and then later with with Troy in the ad agency, she tells him she feels like she's flying. Like, yeah, she's like you make me feel like I like I can soar, kind of. Yeah, thing. says you make but me feel like I'm flying because because she finds out that uh, he is using her her the, the, uh, idea. The, yeah, the, her yeah. her inadvertent slogan. And I wrote this down to crack me up. Does my superior intelligence emasculate you? Kind of thing. Yeah, it's like what well, was bound to happen sooner or later. Right. I loved that line. But yeah. <laughs> so then he asks her to move to Austin. 
Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, we're, we're going to open up a new a new branch, and I'd really that, like. Yeah, we we it was something that 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 his advertising agency had been planning on. Yeah, but now like now that with this ad campaign that she inadvertently gave a slogan to, like it's pushing, pushing them over the edge. Yeah, pushing yeah. them over the edge so that now they can branch out and and so he'd like her to come to Austin with it. Yes. And then, and he's like, just think about it. You have till tomorrow night. Don't, mm-hmm. don't rush it. But you yeah. have till tomorrow night. And then we cut to her and Ethan on this, like, overlook that his parents and he used to hike up into. Mm-hmm. And and they have this really good conversation that ends with a proposal from Ethan. Mm-hmm. He gets out on one knee, the ring out, the whole deal. And, and she's... She panics. Yeah, she panics. She starts crying. She doesn't say outright no, but... Basically, she's like, I, I can't believe you're doing this. And, yeah, and, and, and and she tells him, there's still a lot about me that you don't know. And I absolutely love Ethan's response of, so tell me all of it. Uh, tell or, yeah, Sorry, tell me all of it, and I'll marry you anyway. There's nothing you can say that'll change how I feel about you. And she, yeah, and she, so she doesn't tell him though she's like i can't like she has this like whole panic of i can't i can't i can't she yeah she's absolutely panicking and she she just finally like yells at him i can't be who you want me to be and and again just like the face acting of christopher gorham he just kind of like goes a little bit crestfallen and hurt for a second but then tells you like jesse all i want is you yeah he gets back in the car and oh man it's It's, it's sort of those like i thought about like because it ends there, like, because she kind of, you know, after they, they kind of shout at each other, you know, she goes and just, like, gets in the car and slams the door and just kind of waits for him. And I'm just like, oh, man, this has got to be, like, the most awkward ride back. World's most awkward Oh, ride. man. Yeah. So then we cut to her sitting on a bed, laying on a bed and thinking. Mm-hmm. And then she pulls out a notebook and begins to write. And she yeah. writes Ethan a letter, mm-hmm. leaves it by his door, and then... Then we see we her... We see her go to Troy and say To yes. accept his offer. We get, like... Ethan is finishing his book. We get, like, he's working really hard on his book. And yeah. then we see, like, Troy brings her a suitcase with a bow on it. And, mm-hmm. Like, they're packing. and Everything's happy. Everything's happy. And then she's packing alone, and she looks a little bit more sad. And the phone rings, and it's Ethan, and she hangs up on she him. She lets it go to voicemail. And then David comes in and hears her listen to the voicemail. And, yeah. he's like, and she's like, what, do you think I made the wrong choice? Which, yeah, this voicemail, I didn't get down, I didn't get down the majority of it, but there was one line at the end of this voicemail that, like, while she's listening to it, that it broke me. Uh-huh. The, the line, and it's just so, it's so plaintive, and you can tell, like, his heart is in his mouth when he's saying this. Like, he just very quietly says, I miss you. I'm still here, and I miss you. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh my god. David hears her listening to this message, yeah. and and she's, again, like, very conflicted about what she should do. And David tells her, I think if you don't tell Ethan the truth, you'll never be happy. You'll never be as happy as you could have been, no matter what happens. Yeah. And so then we cut over yes. then to we Ethan have... getting a letter. He's really excited because his book, he's, he's finished, finished his book. book. And he, he is going to be published. So he yes. calls, you know, we see him call Barbara. and He's like, is this real? Yeah, and they have a great, like, really cute I conversation. I knew you had a story in you, Ethan. Like, and then we get the opening mm. of the, the movie we get all over the, again. We get the real rom-com chase. And he gets to, to you know, he gets to the, the apartment. It's, it's almost verbatim the oh, same thing. Oh, yeah. Except Just, for the, with the exception of, 
of David leans out and actually yells what flight number she's on because that's important information. <laughs> yes, that does absolutely. Not happen otherwise, you know, he rushes to the airport, rushes in, checks and the screens. The flight's, and the flight's gone. The flight's departed, and he hears a voice behind him say, "You know, can I help you?" Which is exactly what happened yep. in the opener. And and he the the look on his face, the hope, the hope on his face, yep. like, and he spins around, and it's an airline employee, and just the instant crestfallen look. Yeah, and like, so. He dejectedly goes to his apartment. Oh, and there she is on the couch. There's Jesse waiting. You know, she's like, I need to talk to you. And he's like, I need to talk to you too. Mm -hmm. And he goes first. He closes the door. Yeah. Goes and gets the manuscript. And she goes, you finished your book. And he goes, yeah. And and it's going to be published. It's going to be published. And And, yeah. Then we see the title. Yeah. Do we see it there? I think we see it there. I was going to say, there's some dialogue Mm -hmm. before we get the reveal. Uh, Ethan tells her, you know, the day that I met you, something happened in me. You changed me. This story, this is us. My publisher tells me that it has passion and heart and it's the best thing that I've ever written. And that's when we see the title of the book. Is Troy Meets Girl. Yes. So she's not been dating two guys this whole time. It's been the juxtaposition of taking their real romance and putting that Mm -hmm. fantasy spin on it. Yes. And so... That Troy is the fictional character. We get flashbacks to showing you how he did all that. Yes. and, And where it all fits. And, and then she ends up telling him her secret. Well, before that, um, well, she's really proud of him. Yes, yeah, she everything. she's very proud of him, and you know, tells him like, "I knew you shouldn't give up. I knew you were going to be a writer." You know, she tells him, you know, like, pointing out, you know, like why, like you know, like how everything's exactly the same. And he tells her like what he's changed. And he says, "I, um, you know, I changed the ending." Because instead of leaving leaving an envelope on my doorstep, you show up, say yes, and we run away together. Everybody. Everybody loves happy endings. And that's when she finally opens up to him and tells him the secret that she's been hiding all this time. That it's not that she's dating some other guy. Mm-hmm. It's that she can't have children. And that's why her husband divorced her. Douchebag. <laughs> like, the it, fact that her okay. husband divorced her because she couldn't give him children upsets me. For me... I never, I didn't read it that way. I know someone who did that, so that's why I I buy it. No, no, no. I I, I 100% buy it, and I know that there are dickheads out there who would do that kind of thing. But the way that I read it for me is that because when, when at the beginning of the movie, when Ethan asks her, was he just the wrong guy, she says, no, I was just the wrong girl. Mm -hmm. For me, it read more like once she realized, like, they were never going to have children and, like, you know, and she she says the lines that her husband like that he deserved children because she says this to Ethan too. I took it as more that she essentially bowed out because she didn't want him to miss out on the thing that she thought that he should have. And and I can see where you got that. I didn't get that from that. I got that that was why he decided to leave. That's why she didn't decide to fight. Yeah, could be him leaving. That's the way I took it. But then again. Spoiler alert! I'm seeing this through Doctor Who, Amy Pond, and Rose and uh, Rory glasses because mm-hmm. Amy threw Rory out, and Rory still tried to fight for her. Yeah, because he didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I think there's a lot to. Yeah, well, we don't know the whole story because, but it does explain because not, yeah. her skittishness. Yes, exactly. To everything that's right. that's all that matters. Um, just in that, but yeah, we she points out she's like you'll never be. I, I'm broken. I'm not whole. I'm not yeah. complete. That whole line she, just breaks she my has, heart. Yeah, she has the line of, I was so, like, I was afraid that you loved me enough that you would give that up. And I felt that if I really loved you, I couldn't ask you to give that up and sacrifice that for me. 
like and, because yeah. and, and has a line of how she's not whole and complete. Complete. And then and she's you know she says you won't be whole essentially if you don't get this thing and and, and like, that you deserve someone whole deserve and complete. Someone whole and complete. He's like, I wasn't whole and complete when I met you. Yeah, until I met until you. I met you. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't whole and complete until I met you. And, and and so he can. He's like, we can adapt or adopt, adopt children. There's no. That's no reason we can't be together. You will still be a mother. Yeah, we can adopt as many children as you want to. We should still keep trying. But we can absolutely adopt. Yeah, he's like, we should try. <laughs> should try all the time. Like we should but, try right now. In fact, and, and then he goes and gets the ring. And then out he of goes the and he goes and gets the ring, and I. And he comes back and he like he holds the ring out to her and I love that you know he tells her it's like if you stay and maybe marry me we can still have that happily ever after yeah and then we cut to we have we have the parallel weddings yes we get their wedding and then coming out of the church yeah switches to to Michael Landy's <laughs> with her again so we have Troy yeah. and her rushing out to this beautiful town car. And then they're rushing out to his beat up jalopy. Yeah. And like that doesn't start. You got Bo Bridges and, and David. You got, you got Tom you, yeah, and you've, uh, you've Uncle got, Logan you've, trying to push yeah, the car. You've got, you've got Uncle Logan and David and the brother-in-law like pushing the car so that they can get, so they can get down the block. Yeah. And uh, like, and, and that's, 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 the the that's where the movie ends. And like yeah. I said, it's. The, the thing I thought was, was interesting in this movie. And like, I wrote it down at the end. It was all about fantasy versus reality. Yeah. And you just don't know it until the end of the movie. But on a rewatch, it's even more clear. Mm-hmm. And then uh, talking about how he changed the book, the feelings never changed. No. The feelings never. were always exactly the same feelings. The trappings just changed for the romance book. Exactly. Kind of like two Hallmark movies meshed together. <laughs> yeah. I kind of had that thought at one point. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. That, yeah, I, I think that it felt like two totally, separate Hallmark movies. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was an interesting, like, it's a Hallmark movie. It's, about a Hallmark movie okay. writer. Like, yeah. Okay. I My thought, like, while watching it, like, I had the thought that, it's like, this is almost like it's two different Hallmark movies. But then I went, mm, no, because Ethan is not the kind of character who would be the leading man in a Hallmark movie. There's just something very, very simple and very charming about this movie that yeah. I absolutely love. And the note that I pointed out is, like, that had occurred to me watching it. Because most recently... I've just been watching Covert Affairs. I haven't, like, watched yeah. anything else with Christopher Gorham in it. So re-watching this, it it hit me all of a sudden that it was, like, the reason why I love this man and his acting and, like, why I will stop and watch him in anything he does mm-hmm. is because he has an ability, that he has an ability to play emotionally overwhelmed without becoming overwhelmed by the emotion. Yeah. And, like... That there's so much that he does that is understated, but he's able to convey so much emotion with just like the tiniest little, like the tiniest little movement. Mm-hmm. And again, like because after watching this, it was like okay, I need to see something. So I watched, I watched a specific episode of Covert Affairs where his character is very emotional. Mm-hmm. It's it's the episode where Annie's been shot. And so so Augie is kind of going off the rails. Like he's making demands of like the head of the CIA of like <laughs> I want like I want to see the evidence that you have that she's a traitor. And they're like, dude, that's way above your clearance. I don't care. Give it to me. Like you're gonna leave now. So it's like watching it's like I wanted to see two different things because because it's like Ethan what we see in my girlfriend's boyfriend is Ethan you know, like I was gonna say, he's not necessarily an emotional guy, but he's a he has his heart on his sleeve. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very open. Yeah, and so like I said, I I wanted to see a two different versions of that. And in in the episode of Covert Affairs, like he never like 
he only loses his composure when he's angry because the moments where where he's playing like sad and kind of hurt he's very very stoic and he can't like give in to the emotion that he wants to give into yeah and just watching like these two things back to back i'm like for the love of god somebody give christopher Gorham like awards please somebody <laughs> and and Alyssa milano too i'm like she has had she's had a like a consistent career oh yeah of of, of good stuff it's like my god there's so many episodes of Charmed that you, oh, yeah. that you and Between I talked about. Between her and Holly Marie, man. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, and this, and this goes into our whole, like, you know, um, award shows are snobbish because... Genre it, shows get nothing. Because genre shows get nothing. Like, I could go on a whole diatribe about one of the episodes of Supernatural that deserves an award that brought me to, like, right. the brink of... I, I almost broke down. Like, right. I couldn't well, like, almost watch I, the episode. I would hold up the episode Hell Hath No Fury of Charmed that, yes. ho- that Holly Marie Combs should have won a freaking Emmy for. Yeah, and Alyssa um, has several in there, too, right. that I can't think of titles right now, but several great moments that are like that, too. And, yeah, so the, it's... Yeah, the, the episode... Like, one of the episodes, like, where like where Phoebe has to kill Cole. Yeah. Like, her... Like, in... Yeah. Spoilers for Charmed. Which is so old at this point, good True. God! But, yeah, but um, the, the point being that award shows are snobbish, and they're never yeah. gonna, that's that's probably never going to change, right? Unless you're Game of Thrones or you have a, a Game of Thrones or Modern Family. Well, I was going to say if you have a uh, genre show on like Netflix or like uh, HBO or Showtime, yeah, you have a shot. But I mean, come on, Fringe. Yeah, I mean, I think oh, John yeah. Noble went up for some. Yeah, but Joshua Jackson, man, like. Mm-hmm. I, I give you Joshua Jackson, and I say, "Where's the awards?" Right. This, yeah, like there's so many. We, we talk about this a lot because it frustrates us <laughs> that so actors much. that we love and actresses that yeah. we love don't get the accolades we think they deserve. Yeah. Well, and just my my point being is like this: this is not necessarily like an award winning movie. No. Like it's a it's a very simple, very you know, just like indie kind of movie. Yeah. It's 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 just very sweet. It's, it's very, a cute rom com. It, yeah, it's very sweet, it's very charming. It doesn't try to be more than it is. And I'm like the fact that like there's a twist to it like puts it in a league of its own because that's not a thing that you ever really get with rom coms. True. I'm like, but I mean it's still like I said, it's it's not trying to overreach. It's not trying to be something nope. different. So it's like I wouldn't say that like this movie itself deserves you know, worlds of praise. Uh, it was because, like, you know, it has some flaws. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the people who are in it, like they do, they s- elevate it. Yeah. They elevate this work. Like to what could have, yeah. what, to what could have been like one of the really, really God awful movies we see when we're scrolling through prime. Yeah. Um, there's some bad ones. There's some bad ones and we watch trailers for it and we laugh until we cry. Yeah. Um, but having the caliber of actors that you have in this and you know and people who who can give very these sort of like very understated performance nuanced yeah yeah nuanced that's the word i was looking for yeah very nuanced that was what was in my head too who can give these sort of nuanced performances and like it gives something like this layers yeah and and i love that a lot so um do you think that ethan and jesse stay together I think that they probably do, and they adopt a whole apartment building full of kids. <laughs> I agree. I definitely think they so, stay together. what do you rate this movie? I give it a three and a half because of my love of Christopher Gorham and Alyssa Milano. I did three. So, yeah. yeah a three out of five for me. But yeah, it's a great movie. It, the twist is really fun if you don't figure... Even if you, don't, even if you figure it out early, it's still yeah. fun. Because I think I had figured it out, basically. When... 
when we watched it, the way that I remember, like, you guys... I don't did, remember it very well, watching it. Yeah, it's like, you guys didn't figure out the twist. You did figure out a couple of times that she couldn't have kids. With, oh, like, I figured that out. Like, yeah. I, that's always my first, like, Right. A woman's upset, and she's thinking about breaking up with somebody. Oh, she can't have kids. <laughs> right. It's like, because it's, it's something that gets overplayed a lot. This it is, does. It's like, it, good God, even with the Avengers, it gets played up. Yeah. But this is the one thing, like, where, like, that sort of plot device, like... It, it, it made felt, sense. It felt okay. Like, it felt, it felt organic. Yes, it did. Um, but anyway, is, is, there there anything, is there anything else you have? Uh, no, I have nothing else to add. Do you have something, darling? That's it for me. All right, then that'll get it for this episode of Couch Buddies. We will catch you next time. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode of Couch Buddies, why not leave us a rating and review over on iTunes? And while you're at it, don't forget to hit the subscribe button on your podcast app so you never miss an episode. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us by searching on social media. We're Couch Buddies Pod on Facebook and Twitter, on Tumblr at couchbuddies.tumblr.com, and you can email us at couchbuddiespod at gmail.com.